Um, almost seven. All right, so hello everyone. Uh, it's Natalia and Hans back again, reading from Coming Back, mm -hmm. and uh, hope everyone's doing well with everything going on with COVID. I know if you're in Florida like us, it's been rising and rising, and uh, hopefully you and your family are well. But uh, we are here learning about how temporary this whole situation is anyway, so yep. I don't know if that gives anybody <laughs> any relief, but <laughs> maybe. Um, Everything's temporary. So basic, we'll just go ahead and get yeah. into chapter five here. Chapter five, The Soul's Secret Journey. I was actually really wanting to read this, because I like cut ahead of it, or cut ahead like before we even started reading chapter one, I remember reading this. Oh, okay. And yeah. No, I read it to you, right, about the airwaves thing, and I was like, oh my god, I think so. this. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. you sent me like a picture or something. <clears throat> You're, just to double check, your mic's on, right? I just want to like verify, because yeah. that one time we did it without a mic, yeah. <laughs> one of our mics was off. Alright, uh, we are good. I guess good. we'll have to share this. Yeah, that's fine. How long is this chapter? It's five? only about six pages, way. I think. And then the next chapter is actually like three pages, so we might be able to get through both if we kind of speedy. Okay. Not speedy, but if, you know, if we yeah. don't get too sidetracked today, we can so get through... So um, you want to just switch... This chapter and the next one before you have to go. Okay. You can just switch off after Or do you, how about we each read two and then switch? Sure, that two? works. Okay. Just do two, that way it's a system. Right. Maybe uh, we can try to to try to only stop like in between our readings if we okay, can, okay. unless somebody yeah, like yeah. really, really, you know. Yeah. But um. All right. Uh, chapter five: The Soul's Secret Journey, and this is compiled from excerpts from the writing of the writings of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. One life is just a flash in time. From time immemorial, the living entity travels in the different species of life and the different planets, almost perpetually. This process is explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Under the spell of Maya, everyone is wandering throughout the universe on the carriage of the body offered by the material energy. Materialistic life involves a series of actions and reactions. It is a long film spool of actions and reactions, and one lifespan is just a flash in such a reactionary show. When a child is born, it is to be understood that his particular type of body is the beginning of another set of activities. And when an old man dies, it is to be understood that one set of reactionary activities is finished. Srimad Bhagavatam 3.31.44 What chapter, or third canto, 31st chapter, text 44. Okay. You get the body of your choice. The living entity creates his own body by his personal desires, and the external energy of the Lord supplies him with the exact form by which he can enjoy his desires to the fullest extent. That's very kind of him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately... Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's doing it like, hey, man, you know, have fun. That's what we're asking for, yeah. you know. The tiger wanted to enjoy the blood of another animal. Therefore, by the grace of the Lord... The material energy supplied him the body of the tiger with facilities for enjoying blood from another animal. Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Second Canto, Chapter Nine, Text Two. Cool. There's your... Yeah, I mean, we get what we ask for. It's like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. <laughs> Except sometimes you don't get what you ask for, and you're a kid in a candy store. Or sometimes you don't remember asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, I don't have a memory of this. <laughs> I have no memory. I think of this I made place. a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? I'm not supposed to be here. And you're locked up somewhere. <laughs> this is a mistake. All right, next thing. Death means forgetting your last life. 
After death, one forgets everything about the present bodily relationships. We have a little experience of this at night when we go to sleep. While sleeping, we forget everything about this body and bodily relations, although this forgetfulness is a temporary situation for only a few hours. Death is nothing but sleeping for a few months in order to develop another term of bodily engagement, which we are awarded by the law of nature according to our aspiration. Therefore, one has only to change the aspiration during the course of this present body, and for this there is need of training in the current duration, duration of human life. This training can be begun at any stage of life, or even a few seconds before death, but the <laughs> usual procedure is for one to get the training from very early life. Srimad Bhagavatam uh, 2, 1, 15. Mm-hmm. So, second Canto, chapter 1, text 15. Um, yeah, that's like that procrastination right there. Yeah. <laughs> you can wait till the last that's second if you want to. Right? It's like that test, but then you might not get a good score on a test. Yeah. <laughs> that's your choice. You don't want to flunk that one. <laughs> the soul takes a human form first. Originally, the living entity is a spiritual being, but when he desires to enjoy this material world, he comes down. We can understand that the living entity first accepts a body that is human in form, but gradually, due to his degraded activities, he falls into lower forms of life, into the animal, plant, and aquatic forms. By the gradual process of evolution, the living entity again attains the body of a human being and is given another chance to get out of the process of transmigration. If he again misses his chance in the human form to understand his position, he is again placed in the cycle of birth and death in various types of bodies. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 29, Text 4. Wow. The roller coaster of misery. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It's a theme park you can't get out of. Well, it's, see, it's interesting that they, uh, you know, so you're given a human form, which yeah. means when you're first placed into the material world, you're given all the faculties to make the right choices. Right. So the fact that you then may not uh, make it back, Yeah. you know... That's really, that's where your free will kind of comes into play. So it's not like... You can lead a horse to water, but you like, can't make you know, it It's not at least from, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's from, like somebody bought you a plane ticket. You still have to go to the station, and you have to still go to the air, airport and get on in the TSA line and get to yeah. the airport. You can't, it's not, you're not magically in Miami now. Somebody bought yeah, you a ticket yeah. in Miami, you have to fly yeah. there. <clears throat> you, have to, you have to take some action on your own. Yeah, of course. He's only going to be able to do so much for us. The science of reincarnation is unknown to modern scientists. This science of transmigration is completely unknown to modern scientists. So-called scientists do not like to bother with these things because if they would at all consider this subtle subject matter and the problems of life, they would see that their future is very dark. Srimad Bhagavatam 4.28.21 Ignorance of reincarnation is dangerous. Uh, modern civilization is based on family comforts, the highest standards of amenities, and therefore, after retirement, everyone expects to live a very comfortable life in a well-furnished home decorated with fine ladies and children, without any desire to get out of such a comfortable home. And we're being brought up to think this way from a very early age. Just yeah. when you were reading it, it said, you know, you should be learning about this, uh, you know, spirituality right from a young age 
but instead you're watching Disney movies. Yeah. Oh, and they all lived happily ever after, and it's yeah. like. So from a very young age, we're being bombarded with the idea that there's a happily well, ever after. Well, for one thing, you're bombarded it. If they with have the. It, I can have it too. Well, you're bombarded with the idea <clears> too, that that mostly of the time, once upon a time, involves finding a perfect uh, individual to spend the rest yeah, of your life with. Oh God. Which is definitely <laughs> we're, we're just one of the reasons why we, we said it, we romanticize relationships with other people so much, and it can de- set us up for some severe oh, disappointment and entanglement, sure. and lots of we, yeah. we put too much weight on that. Like that's, <laughs> that's going to fix true. everything. If you find that one person. Yeah, the one person. And then with that, <clears throat> only with that one person yeah. are you going to live happily ever after. And then when you meet, you may be actually be lucky and meet the right one person. Yeah. But then, guess what? You're human and, you know. They're human, you're human, uh, and you guys have to be able to, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's not on them, it's on you. Yeah. It's a it's a tough one when you're, like you said, you spent your childhood being conditioned to Yeah, it's really, I mean, think that. it's hard to get unstuck from that. Without... Oh, uh, okay, yeah, so we're in a home decorated with fine ladies and children without any desire to get out of such a comfortable home. We need a Vidura to come and kick our ass and tell us, what are you doing? High government officers and ministers stick to their prized posts until death. (laughs) Oh, God. And they neither dream nor desire to get out of homely comforts. All those senators that are like, you know, you, on oxygen, wheeling their way in, like, yo, what are you doing, man? Okay. Still focus on other uh, things. Yeah. Bound by such hallucinations, materialistic men prepare various plans for a still more comfortable life. But suddenly, cruel death comes without mercy and takes away the great plan maker against his desire forcing him to give up the present body for another body. Such a plan maker is thus forced to accept another body in one of the 8,400,000 varieties of life, according to the fruits of the work he has performed. In the next life, the persons who are too much attached to family comforts are generally awarded lower species of life on account of sinful acts performed during a long duration of sinful life. And again, by sin... It's not like... You don't have to be I, a murderer, basically. The, yeah, just... like we were talking the other day. He, you know, Prabhupada, like... He uses that word many times, but... That's not to say that... You have to be living an evil life to be living a sinful no. life. You can be... A sinful life... Is just something that is... Entangling you more in the material world. Yeah. Or entangling you in karma... Without... Like uplifting yeah. you and taking you out of it is really what he he's meaning. At least for, that's what I'm understanding. <clears throat> and thus, all the energy of the human life is spoiled. In order to be saved from the danger of spoiling the human form, oh, excuse me, and being attached to unreal things, one must take warnings of death at the age of fifty. One must take warnings of death at the age of 50, if not earlier. Okay. The principle is that one should take it for granted. The principle is that one should take it for granted that the death warning is already there, even prior to the attainment of 50 years of age. Okay, I'm sorry, I was getting... And thus, at any stage of life, one should prepare himself for a better next life. So, assuming, okay, around the age of 50 is when my health is going to start failing, but 
It could be sooner. You could end up getting hit by a car tomorrow. Right. So you don't want to leave it till... Or right now, coronavirus. Or coronavirus or Or something. Whatever else happens, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching The Last Kingdom here. And unto dust thou shalt return. <laughs> when we die, this material body composed of five elements, earth, water, air, fire, and ether, decomposes and the gross materials return to the elements. Or, as the Christian Bible says, dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Mm. Dust thou art, okay. In some societies the body is burned, in others it is buried. And in others, it is thrown to animals. Dang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Usually not, like, it doesn't matter. He's not in there anymore. In India, the Hindus burn the body, and thus the body is transformed into ashes. Ash is simply another form of earth. Christians bury the body, and after some time in the grave, the body eventually turns to dust, which again, like ash, is another mm. form of earth. Okay. There are other societies, like the Parsi community in India. Is that how you say that? Parsi? Two E's. Mm-hmm. Parsi, yeah, maybe? Yeah, Parsi. Parsi community in India that neither burn nor bury the body, but throw it to the vultures. And the vultures immediately come to eat the body. And then the body is eventually transformed into stool. So in any case, this beautiful body, which we are soaping and caring for so nicely, will eventually turn into either stool, ashes, or dust. At death, the finer <laughs> elements, mind, intelligence, and ego, carry the small particle of spirit soul to another body to suffer or enjoy according to one's work. That I is love- from The Path of Perfection, <laughs> page 101. I love Prabhupada. <laughs> it's like, this is not forever, guys. You're soaping it so nicely. <laughs> taking care. And then the poop turns into dust, so you end up dust yeah, no, no matter, matter what. what. <laughs> you're part of the earth one day. You won't be here. Or the not you, the body. The body that you're identifying with currently is not going to continue. Wow. Astrology and reincarnation. Astrological calculations of stellar influences upon a living being are not suppositions, but are factual, as confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Every living being is controlled by the laws of nature at every minute, just as a citizen is controlled by the influence of the state. The state laws are grossly observed, but the laws of material nature, being subtle to our gross understanding, cannot be experienced grossly. The law of nature is so subtle that every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars, and a living being obtains his work, his working body, to fulfill his terms of imprisonment, by the manipulation of such astrological influences. Wow. Hmm. Wait a minute. The law of nature is so subtle that every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars, and a living being obtains his working body to fulfill his terms of imprisonment by the manipulation of such astrological influences. So it's kind of like your rap sheet. They're looking at whether you were, mm-hmm. or like after your rap sheet, when you actually get judged, mm-hmm. what your list of crimes and or non-crimes are, whatever your list mm-hmm. of things that you've done in your life good or bad and then that's how the stars determine interesting i thought this was pretty good too the this line right here mm. the state laws are grossly observed so you can look up a, a, mm. a mm-hmm. law book oh yeah that's one of the laws right but, but we the can't laws understand of nature like gravity thing. time yeah. um you know the elements and the like karma those are things that that you we can't necessarily see but you know yeah they still affect you they're still yeah. they're still working 
A man's destiny is therefore ascertained by the birth time, constellation of stars, and a factual horoscope is made by a learned astrologer. It is a great science, and misuse of a science does not make it useless. This suitable arrangement of astral influences is never a creation of man's will, but is the arrangement of the superior management of the agency of the Supreme Lord. Of course, the arrangement is made according to the good or bad deeds of the living people. Herein lies the importance of pious acts performed by the living being. Only by pious acts can one be allowed to get good wealth, good education, and beautiful features. That's from the Srimad Bhagavatam as well. Editor's note. The term learned astrologer in this selection refers to one fully learned in the exacting Vedic science of astrology, in comparison with which modern popular astrology is a foolish exercise in sentimentality compounded with error. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, they simplify it down <laughs> too much to where it's not very yeah. accurate in a lot of the cases. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, especially when you read, like, the, the, the little the horoscopes in the newspaper. Yeah, like, those really basic such, ones, like, yeah, no. Like, they're so generic, so hokey, like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh man, mosquito bit me. Good you got, God. Yeah, I got a few more here. Okay. <clears throat> your thoughts create your next body. That subtle form exists. Oh, that subtle forms exist in the ether has been proven by modern science by transmission of television waves, by which forms of photographs of one place are transmitted to another place by the action of the ethereal elements. Within the Srimad Bhagavatam is the potential basis of great scientific research work, for it explains how subtle forms are generated from the ethereal element, what their characteristics and actions are, and how the tangible elements, namely air, fire, water, and earth, are manifested from the subtle form. Mental activities, or psychological activities of thinking, feeling, and willing are also activities on the platform of ethereal existence. The statement in Bhagavad Gita that the mental situation at the time of death is the basis of the next birth is also corroborated in many places in the Bhagavatam. Mental existence transforms into tangible form as soon as there is an opportunity. So I guess what he what I'm getting from that is the mental images that you have the thoughts, the feelings, whatever that you're feeling at the time of death, yeah, projects that image, right, out, and that's the image that dictates what kind of birth you're going to be, yeah, getting deposited into. Okay. <clears throat> Why some people can't accept reincarnation? There is life after death, and there is also the chance to free oneself from the cycle of repeated birth and death, and attain a life of immortality. But because we have been accustomed to accepting one body after another since time immemorial, it is difficult for us to think of a life that is eternal, and the life of material existence is so troublesome that one may think that if there is an eternal life, that life must be troublesome also. Oh, that that life that must life, be yeah. troublesome also. For example, a diseased man who is taking very bitter medicine, excuse me, and who is laying down in bed, eating there and passing stool and urine, unable to move, may find his life so intolerable that he thinks, let me commit suicide. Sadly, I see yeah. that at work sometimes. Like, people are in such horrific conditions that, that literally they're, they're screaming and begging to die. Like, it's, it's horrible. Similarly, materialistic life is so miserable 
that in desperation one sometimes takes to philosophy of voidism or impersonalism, right, Bhagavad Gita there, yeah. uh, to try to negate his very existence and make everything zero. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, well, you know, at, at the end, it'll, it'll it, you know, once I'm dead, it doesn't matter anyways. Like, okay, you're, yeah. you're just, you, and now you're, it's the sour grapes, right? The, the, the fox that was trying to get the grapes and then he couldn't jump high enough to get him. And after a while, he's like, you know what? I bet those grapes are sour anyways. I don't need them. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, That's what we do to ourselves, up. really, yeah. you know. Actually, however, becoming zero is not possible, nor is it necessary. We are in trouble in our material condition. But when we get out of our material condition... We can find real life, eternal life. So it's not even really that we're, well, I guess we are finding it, but we're going back to what we were already once experiencing. Yeah. We just foolishly thought that maybe there might be something else. Yeah, it's And now that we've experienced the something else, we're going to, you know, hopefully at some point we're like, oh, dude, no. Yeah. I, I don't want that anymore. I know. <clears throat> not what we're looking for. And that was from the teachings of Queen Kunzi. Just a few more years. Karma is the aggregate fruitive. Oh God. Karma is the aggregate fruitive activities conducted to make this body comfortable or uncomfortable. We have actually seen that when one man was about to die, he requested his, he requested his physician to give him a chance to live four more years so that he could finish his plans. This means that while dying, he was thinking of his plans. <laughs> After his body was destroyed, he mm-hmm. doubtlessly carried his plans with him by means of the subtle body, which is composed of mind, intelligence, and ego. Oh, man. Thus, he would get another chance by the grace of the Supreme Lord, the Super Soul, who is always within the heart. In the next birth, one acquires remembrance from the Super Soul. Because Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, right, I am the source of all forgetfulness and remembrance. Yeah. Um, so... You know, <clears throat> so in the next birth, one acquires remembrance from the super soul and begins to execute plans begun in the previous life. Situated on the vehicle given by material nature and reminded by the super soul within the heart, the living entity struggles all over the universe to fulfill his plans. Srimad Bhagavatam 42962. Nice. I mean, that's interesting because, like, you know. I mean, sometimes you have people that clearly from a very young age were, you know, great musician or yes. super talented, like, uh, you know, at playing, you know, a drawing art or, you know, very artistic. Like, yeah. it almost seems like they, that was such a strong driving factor that they've kind of that aspect of them from, you know, a pre- at least according to this, it kind of explains that. Yeah. Or one possible, uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, people come at the prodigies and stuff, yeah. That they wanted to <clears throat> get to another level that they weren't able to achieve in their past life. <clears throat> Sex change without surgery. A man gets his next life's birth according to what he thinks of at the time of death. If someone is too attached to his wife... Naturally, he thinks of his wife at the time of death, and in his next life, he takes the body of a woman. Similarly, if a woman thinks of her husband at the time of death, naturally she gets the body of a man in her next life. We should always remember, as it is stated in Bhagavad Gita, that both the gross and subtle material bodies are dresses. They are the shirt 
and coat of the living entity. To be either a woman or a man involves only one's bodily dress. From Srimad Bhagavatam 3.31.41 Dreams and past lives. In dreams we sometimes see things that we have never experienced in the present body. Sometimes in dreams we think that we are flying in the sky, although we have no experience of flying. <clears throat> we were talking about that, I think, in chapter one or two. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you were saying you had to, like... Pedal, pedal. like I'm on a bike, yeah. <laughs> like, depending on how intensely I do it, I get higher or lower. This means that once in a previous life, either as a demigod or astronaut, we flew in the sky. Oh, that's why, how we know the feeling. The impression is there in the stockpile of the mind, is there in the stockpile of the mind and it suddenly expresses itself. It is like fermentation taking place in the depths of water, which sometimes manifests itself in bubbles on the water's surface. Mm. Sometimes we dream of coming to a place we have never known or experienced in this lifetime. But this is proof that in a past life, we experienced this. The impression is kept within the mind and sometimes becomes manifest, either in dream or in thought. The conclusion is that the mind is the storehouse of various thoughts and experiences undergone during our past lives. Mm. Thus, there is a chain of continuation from one life to another, from previous lives to this life, and from this life to future lives. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 29, Text 64. Mm. Powerful. I mean, the thing is that, you know, like deja vu or yeah or this, you know, yeah, you have a dream. Sometimes a very vivid dream you can just describe like you saw it. And, yeah. You know, some people will say, well, that that could have just been a picture that you maybe saw in passing and, you know, yeah, whatever. Could you could come up with so many different excuses. But, you know, I have not heard... A, a actual satisfying scientific answer as For to what, what deja vu is how does yeah. it happen what you know and, and i've read up on the different theories behind it but this is a theory you know when he talked to that doctor who had been <clears> in the <throat> war yeah they did touch on the deja vu even they, more. They, yeah and it, that was very like i felt like it was very clear like even the doctor was kind of like that you know there's some yeah, amount i mean of this just it, it makes it um, it definitely at the very least, it's a plot, very, very plausible, plausible theory. Yeah. Even if it's not, like, even if you can't accept that as fact, I think yeah. it's at least a plausible. It's very interesting um, scenario. Um, comas and the next life, a living entity too much absorbed in material activity, becomes very much attached to the material body. Even at the point of death, he thinks of his present body and the relatives connected to it. Thus, he remains fully absorbed in the bodily conception of life. So much so. That even at the point of death, he abhors leaving his present body. Sometimes it is found that a person on the verge of death remains in a coma for many days before giving up the body. A person may be enjoying the body of a prime minister or a president, but when he understands that he will be forced to accept the body of a dog or a hog, he chooses not to leave the present body. Therefore, mm. he lies in a coma many days before death. Oh, wow. Oof. Wow. Ghosts and suicide. Lock yourself in your room because you don't want to come out. <laughs> yeah, right. Man, he must have, like, their subtle bodies must be super yoked. I can just imagine, yeah. like, the Yamadude is trying to drag him out of the body. Then, no! no! Going all Hulk mode. Just, like, on. <laughs> you will not take not me! Like, wow. <laughs> oh, God. 
Ghosts and suicide. Ghosts are bereft of a physical body because of their grievous, grievously sinful acts, such as suicide. Yeah. Uh, the last resort of ghostly characters in human society is to take shelter of suicide, either materially or spiritually. Material suicide causes loss of the physical body, and spiritual suicide causes loss of the individual identity. And spiritual suicide is just performing actions that are harmful to your spiritual advancement. Mm. Um, let me read one more. That one's short. Uh, changing bodies, <clears throat> reflections of Maya. The moon is stationary in the sky. No, the moon is stationary and is one, but when it is reflected in water or oil, it appears to take different shapes because of the movement of the wind. Similarly, the soul is the eternal servant of Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead. But when put into the material modes of nature, it takes different bodies, sometimes as a demigod, sometimes a man, a dog, a tree, and so on. By the influence of Maya, the illusory potency of the supreme personality of Godhead, the living entity thinks that he is this person, that person, American, Indian, cat, dog, tree, or whatever. This is called Maya. When one is freed from this bewilderment and understands that the soul does not belong to any shape of this material world, one is situated on the spiritual platform. As soon as the living entity returns to his original spiritual form and understanding, he immediately surrenders to the supreme form, the personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam 10.143 I need to invest in a better chair at home, man. My back Dude, hurts a lot. It's like it's really back. rough. It's yeah. Pretty crazy. How bad, how like out of shape our backs are. Yeah. <clears throat> Alright. Yeah, I was actually hearing the other day that apparently our backs are supposed to be like a... Um, Erotica was telling me this, that there's like some um, tribes, that like more like native peoples in different mm -hmm. parts of the world where... They haven't really been affected by the industrial revolution and our sedentary lifestyle mm -hmm. and their backs are basically straight it's a j spine mm -hmm. and it's actually much better and even in old age yeah. they don't have back pain but yeah. because of our industrial and like sitting and working oh, on machines yeah. sitting oh, and yeah. working on computers we're always since we did over. that we're hunched over and so our back kind of bowed out in the middle but it's actually yep. not meant to do that mm -hmm. um so yeah i believe it yeah i believe it's unfortunate. 100%. Like, they don't have back pain like we do because it's so common now for everybody to have this yeah. back pain it's crazy of course some of it's not moving of course you can get your back better but like our back itself the shape it's taken is actually more i guess tended towards having some back trouble mm -hmm. depending if you're not like perfectly balanced in your lifestyle um yeah that makes sense i believe it politicians are reborn in their countries at the time of death every living entity worries about what will happen to his wife and children Similarly, a politician also worries about what will happen to his country or his political party. A politician or so-called nationalist who is inordinately attached to the land of his birth will certainly be reborn in the same land after ending his political career. One's next life will also be affected by the acts one performs during this life. What's all the like things and the, the acts he puts in place and all the stuff they do 
then you get to come back and experience what those things that you passed. Those so potentially, bills you passed. yeah, a very racist politician enacting all kinds yeah, of horrible could things end up on coming minorities. Back and, you now come back as, and could come or, back as, you know, as a, potentially. Yeah, I mean, that's that's deep, man. That's, actions have consequences, right? Sometimes politicians act most sinfully mm. for their own sense gratification. It is not unusual for a politician to kill the opposing party. <laughs> Even though a politician may be allowed to take birth in his so-called homeland, he still has to go. He has to undergo suffering due to his sinful activities in his previous life. From Srimad Bhagavatam. So you ain't getting away. You ain't getting away from it. Nope. Your actions. Even if you got away with it in this life, if you didn't get caught, you can be still. You will be. You will be. We just may not all have the... We just don't know. We all, we all won't get the, I guess, the closure of seeing you get the justice. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that we want the closure is also part of, our problem. part of our own problem. Yeah. Oh, man. That's why we have to come back so we can see it happen to you. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, God. <laughs> you have to come back so you can witness it. <laughs> oh, my and God. Here we are let again. Me, let me scoop up my brain matter off the floor here. <laughs> oh, my God. God, that's rough. <laughs> It's like in, uh, Inception. What's wrong with animal killing? That's the title of this next one. Ahimsa, nonviolence, means not arresting the, progr the progressive life of any living entity. Mm. One should not think that since the spiritual spark is never killed even after the killing of the body, that there is no harm in killing animals for sense gratification. People are now addicted to eating animals in spite of having an ample supply of grains, fruits, and milk. There is no necessity for animal killing. The animals are also making progress in their evolutionary life by transmigrating from one category of animal life to another. If a particular animal is killed, then his progress is checked. If an animal is staying in a particular body for so many days or so many years and is untimely killed, then he has to come back again in that form of life to complete the remaining days in order to be promoted to another species of life. So their progress should not be checked simply to satisfy one's palate. Bhagavad Gita as it is, 16, 1 through 3. Wow. And I think then it's you. Yeah, I'm going to wrap us up here. Evolution, the soul's journey through the species. We see that there are so many forms. Where do these different forms come from? <clears throat> Excuse me. The form of the dog, the form of the cat, the form of the tree, the form of the reptile, the form of the insects, the forms of the fish. There may be evolution, but at the same time, all the different species are existing. The fish is existing, the man is existing, the tiger is existing, everyone is existing. It is just like the different types of apartments in any city. You may occupy one of them according to your ability to pay the rent. But all types of apartments are nevertheless existing at the same time. Similarly, the living entity, according to his karma, is given facility to occupy one of these bodily forms. But there is evolution also. From the fish, the next stage of evolution is to plant life. From plant forms, the living entity may enter an insect body. From the insect body, the next stage is bird, then beast. And finally, the spirit soul may evolve to the human form of life. And from the human form, if one becomes qualified, he may evolve further. So to demigods or, you know, other kind of more mm -hmm. potent or completely getting out of the material world. Otherwise, he must again enter the evolutionary cycle. 
Therefore, this human form of life is an important junction in the evolutionary development of the living entity. Oh, and that's from uh, Consciousness, The Missing Link. Yeah. I have that book also. I read that. Actually, I gave that uh, I think I gave I it to it a somewhere. friend at work. It was really good. It might even be on that bookshelf back there. <clears throat> yeah. I'm pretty sure I have a copy of that somewhere. It might I be think, in, in I think room. I gave you a copy, didn't I? You might I got, have. I got two of them. I'm not sure where I got it from, but I believe I do have one somewhere. Either in this room or in, in the bedroom. Oh, and to wrap us up, there is a poem written by uh, Srila Prabhupada. Bengali poem. Maya's illusion. or It's translated. Right. Maya's, <clears throat> Maya's illusion is like the foam, which mixes again with the sea. No one is mother, father, or relative. Like the sea foam, they remain a short while only. And as the sea foam merges into the sea, this precious body of five elements disappears. Who can say how many ephemeral forms the embodied soul has taken? There's no way of knowing, really. Yeah, because depending on how you went up and down the only, all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. And that's powerful. the end of Chapter 5. That's it. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys very much for yes. watching, as always, and or listening. And uh, we'll see you guys for the next chapter. Thanks. The next chapter is, what is it? The Logic of Reincarnation. Ooh, I like that. Very this nice. chapter is good, too. I read it. Yeah, it's nice.